Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the 20th verse. Does anybody know what I'm going to be talking about tonight? Wow, you are so good. How do you know that? <laughs> Whatever that means, okay. Okay. Uh, Proverbs, fourth chapter, 20th verse. I got a new, a new King James. I keep throwing that away. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. How do I sound? Is that good? Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all of their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs issues of life. Put away from your deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your foot and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Tonight I'm, I'm, I am so smart at you people to know it. But we are going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about faith sees, faith speaks, and faith acts. So you have to come to the understanding that for my faith, your faith to be active, there's things that you have to do. We can say we got it, but we also got to do some things in the middle of it to make sure it works. Many people fail because they see themselves failing. Did you understand that? Many people fail because they see themselves failing. They allow the words to depart from their eyes. In other words, faith has to see. Now, I first started thinking about this sermon, and I never preached this one before. I started thinking, well, what does faith see? How can faith see? Why will faith see? Why does faith want to see? Why do I not want to see? Well, faith has an active agent in it, and that agent is to say those things are which not are not so that they can be. Do you think when God created the earth that he could see what he was doing? Absolutely. He knew what it was going to look like. He knew the shapes. He knew all about it. So our faith is so important, and I think it's very important for this church. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew 14. I used to have my in this Bible. There it is. 14th chapter and the 22nd verse. When you're studying the scripture and you're studying the word of God, there's a couple of things that you have to keep in mind. You cannot just isolate a verse. Sometimes you have to read the scriptures before that verse and the scriptures after that verse to get the meaning of that verse. Does that make sense? In other words, that's basic Bible. You say, well, this verse says this. What did it say before? And it's the same thing with faith. Faith sees, speaks, and acts, but sometimes you've got to get them in order. And what you're seeing and what you're speaking and what you're acting on has to be in agreement with what God's word says. Do I sound okay? Not like last week? 
I'm not popping at all. That's sad. I like popping. Okay, let me go on with this. Okay, Matthew, and we're going to show you an example of what we just talked about. Matthew, the 14th chapter, 22nd verse. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when the evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves. The wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Have you heard that message before, walking on the sea? Okay. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, is, It is a ghost. And they cried out of fear. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. One of the things God wants you to understand, wants us to understand, the church to understand, that we don't walk in fear. Do you hear me? We don't walk in fear. Fear is illegal for the child of God. And when it comes knocking to your door, you have to either not answer the door or raise up a standard against it and declare the word of God over that fear. Because that fear can paralyze you, move you to a place that you don't want to be, physically, mentally, spiritually, and even financially. Fear is a bad hombre. But the word of God knows that and understands that so he gave us a way out, a way to conquer fear. Now, I said that. Let me go a little bit further. 28th verse. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. How many would ask that question? There's a storm all around you. The waves are tossing this little wooden boat all over the, there. And this guy named Peter speaks up and says, Lord... If that's you, command me to come. I don't know that Peter had very, many, very much brains. Think about it. Why would you get out of a boat? Didn't have no fear? I think the guy was just stupid. There's a difference between no fear and being stupid. I mean, no life jacket. You think they had life jackets back there? I don't believe so. Oh, thank God. I didn't know that was going to come out. Absolutely. In other words, fear will always show its ugly face. And if you recognize it and do something about it, it has to stop. It has no power over you and it has no power over God's church. And I don't know about you, but I'm part of God's church, aren't you? So if fear comes in, you have to vacate it, kick it out, do something about moving it out of the way. Because if you, if you don't, it will dominate you. And it'll take over areas of your life that you never believed you even had those areas. Anybody walked in fear? Sister back there. Absolutely. We all can say we walked in fear at times. Okay. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. Now, faith, Peter had to see that at the command of Jesus... All things are possible. And the thing that he had to do was to act on what Jesus said. Now, there's a big thing in our lives to act on what thus saith Jesus and not to act on what thus says Jesus. Because most of the time, when we have to act on what thus says Jesus, 
it'll move us into an area that we're not used to going into. Now, how many times do you think Peter's been in a boat in his life? A lot. And how many times while he's doing that, do you think he found the rocks to walk on? That was a joke. Thank you for laughing. Water, rocks, walk on? No. Well, there was no rocks for him to walk on there, but he did walk on it. Now, what I want to stress to you or put in your mind tonight is faith will always move us to an area that we may not be comfortable with. Catch that? Always to a new area of growth. And when you allow your faith to grow, and when you begin to see your faith activated, and you begin to speak your faith, and you begin to have actions with the faith, you become successful in the things of God. Simple, huh? Nothing to it. I agree and I disagree. Why did I do that? Faith will require you to go outside your comfort zone to say. But after a period of time of going outside your comfort zone, your comfort zone keeps on changing. It expands. It, it gets bigger. You, instead of cl- claiming a house, you claim a city. Instead of claiming a city, you claim a state. Instead of claiming a state, you claim a nation. In other words, you grow as faith is activated and you walk in that activation, all of a sudden there's no limits. The Bible says call those things which are not as if they are. But we're not calling enough things to move into that position. We're allowing maybe fear, doubt, confusion to come in and take rulership over something that he has no power over. Or no authority, maybe I should say. So, in this, and as I was preparing this and working on this, many people see themselves as failures. Maybe they made a mistake when they were younger. Maybe they spent some money they shouldn't have spent. I talked to a school teacher the other day that taught school at Northside for 18 years. He uh, did math and he made some mistakes with his finances and his wife kicked him out. Anyway, that's what he said. True? I don't know. Would she, I know her. Would she do something like that? Yeah. But at the same time, he was living in such a failure attitude. Here he was a financial guy, knew about money, knew about numbers, taught math for 18 years at Northside. And now all of a sudden, he's out of the house, a 4,000 square foot house, and he has to rent a little apartment. When I say little, it's little. But he did that, and he says, Bill, I don't know what to do. What advice would you give him? What advice would you give him? He said, I don't know how to live. He adopted, he's a white guy now, don't take this wrong, but he adopted four black kids, two twins, an older brother and a younger brother. So they were living in a house. Now this man who's a school teacher, he made some mistakes with his finances, with the house, the home finances. And all of a sudden, he's living in a little apartment. How can you help him? What does he need to do? Okay. Okay. 
So we talked and we talked and we talked. This was in the last four weeks, five weeks. Well, he called me up. He says, I'm stepping out in faith. I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to build a trailer and I'm going to serve food. I see you're skipping the high school. You're moving out of that money and you're living in a little deal and you're going to build this barbecue thing. He said, yeah. He said, what do you think? I said, well, have you prayed about it? He says, I prayed about it, but I got mixed answers. I said, what do you mean? He says, one day I feel like I can do it. The next day I don't feel like I can't do it. But he did. He built him a trailer, got grills and stuff like that. He's down there at the bread district downtown, across from the civic center there. And he's really doing quite well. So he said to me the other day, we went down there to eat, and he says, what do you think about the food? And I said, well, I've had better barbecue. That probably wasn't wise, huh? Okay. <laughs> that too. So as I talked with him and we, we discussed the more, he says, God has shown me a lot of things. But what he really showed me is how to take my faith and use it. So he's got two of the kids uh, helping him out with this barbecue place and this deal. He's on Facebook every day advertising. I stopped teaching school. But I asked him, I says, are you making any money? He said, yes and no. So you've got to understand when you're dealing with people and you're counseling with people, you're going to get yes and no answers. So you've got to distinguish what's going on in their life, what do they see, what do they have hope, and what do they want. And if you don't do that, you can't help them. See, we need the need of seeing and feeling evidence before you can believe is actually faithless. Now, let me tell you what I found out about this church. Two different, no, three different people in the church has told me this. One person told me that he had a vision. He came in the church and people are laying all over the floor, slayed in the spirit, just knocked out. And of course I had to do this. I said, was the pastor knocked out too? He says, you know, I didn't see him. About how, about, how, about, how about Kelly? Was she knocked out on the floor too? He said, I didn't see him. Bill, that's not the point. I seen the church blessed and people laid it out in the spirit. I said, okay, okay, okay. Well, that's a vision. And I said, I'm going to agree with you. But I want to add to the vision because I just want to see the pastor slayed and Kelly slayed and just knocked out for like four or five hours, you know, the things of God. And God just sat there and filling them up, right? He says, well, I'll agree with you. So, Pastor, get ready. I believe it's going to happen. Maybe you won't be up by the pulpit. I don't know where you're going to be. But you better be in faith when you hit that ground. Yeah, stay back away from the edge. Turn with me to the book of John. I'm not moving very fast, am I? John, the 20th chapter. Twenty-seven verse. Or if I can find it. Now, 
I'll read the 27. And he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hands here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered him and said, Lord, said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus, Thomas, because you have seen me and have believed, blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Now, if we back up on that, we find out what's really happening in the scripture. Where did Jesus just come from? From the cross, from the grave. That's how he came in to the point, put your hand on my side. Look at my hands. In other words, that scripture becomes very real when you look at the background behind it to get there. Otherwise, you may read that scripture and you won't have no idea what's going on. So when you're studying the scriptures, always take time to read before and after. And it'll add value to the scripture and value to you. So Thomas, in this... Thomas, you have seen me and believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. What does that mean? I wasn't there at the crucifixion, was you? So what, God, what, what is God asking of us? To have faith. For what? That he, said, he is who he says he is. And what will that do when you have that faith? For you. I want more. Give me more. I want more. Provisions. Absolutely, absolutely. Say it again. You see what he's doing. Thomas only believed after he could see with the physical eyes. But Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen, and I'm referring that to of the physical eye, but yet believed. So the way faith acts, it sees ahead of time. And it speaks ahead of time. And it acts ahead of time. Your faith will not grow unless these three things are taking place in your life. In your life. You've got to be able to see what you're praying for. Speak what you're praying for and also act. What did Jesus say to Thomas? Touch my side. Why did he do that? Showed him his hand. Why did he do that? Because he said he wouldn't believe it until he saw it. Ooh, that's good. To remove any doubt. In other words, to move him from a position, I'll just say as a disciple into an overcoming position that his faith be confirmed even though he's asking to see even though he's asking to feel but the, the results is he had to touch his side blessed are those who don't see but believe how many believe that this church is going to grow how many believe it's going to take place absolutely how do we see it happening? Yeah. 
See it in the spirit and believe. Visualize it. Okay? What are you visualizing? Real quick. God's going to knock them out, huh? Many years ago, we went to a, a youth meeting. PY, they call it PYPA, Pentecostal Youth Organization up in Alma at their campgrounds. We got there a little late, and we brought like, I don't know, 16, 18 teenagers. We got there, and they were raising their hands. There's like 350 there. They were raising their hands, and there was a group. I want to say it was the Spears, but it could have been some of Up there singing. And this is what the girl did. She was singing, and all of a sudden she just takes a mic, mic, and she says, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, fall. We got there, got in the back row, and we seen 350 teenagers hit the ground. All over. And I'm looking at my teenagers and says, do you like that? They says, yeah, we like it. What is it? They really didn't understand what had taken place. But they liked what they were seeing. But to describe that ahead of time, you couldn't describe it well enough for them to grab hold of it. But once they saw that, the surfaces on youth night and at the rallies and things we went to, that group became very intensified to wanting to be slayed in the spirit. Now that sounds kind of dumb. They want to be knocked out or knocked down. But they wanted it. And I'm, I'm telling you, these were rough teenagers. They were from Arcoma and they were tough. Yeah, she says, yeah, they were tough. But at the same time, they were honest enough to tell you that they didn't understand this, they didn't understand it, but we, they wanted the things of God in their life. They wanted the power in God in their life. Many people never see themselves with the answer. Instead, they see themselves getting worse. They're always looking for the wrong, in the wrong direction. Turn with me to Mark, the 11th chapter. If there was ever a verse in the Bible that you should hang on to, it should be this. Mark 11. Twenty-four. Oh, let me back up a verse or two. The 22nd verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. What does that mean to you? It's in red, so that's Jesus said it. Pastor, I'm really sounding pretty good with this mic. I kind of like it. Thank you. Better than the last three or four I had. What does that mean? She can't hear you. You got to say it louder. Okay. How do you determine if you've got enough faith to say to that mountain? That's all you need. How about anybody else? Say it again. How about you? Okay, how can you have enough faith? How do you know you got enough faith to say to that mountain, mountain move, and it moves? 
How do you know? Okay. I got some money in my hand. And I want to give it to somebody here. How many believes I have money in my hand? Two. Okay. I don't know what he said. Okay. But you haven't seen the money, have you? But I say I got it. I'm glad I was listening with the ear that's not working. Okay. Kelly, which, which hand is it in? in the right hand. Okay. How did Kelly know which hand it was in? Was she just a lucky guesser? You think she was? I was pretty sneaky up here, though. You didn't see? And you're right there in the front row. The one reason she knew is because I told her ahead of time. Hey, now we're laughing at that. But what did Jesus say? I'm going to tell you ahead of time. If you'll take your faith and begin to see what you're praying for and begin to speak what you're praying for and beginning to act on that, that, then you expect it to happen. You can say to that mountain, mountain move. Now here's what faith does. Faith moves from faith to faith to faith to faith. Faith is always growing. Or it's paused. How does your faith get paused? Because what you're asking for is not in agreement with what the Word of God says. So if I'm going to ask of God and seek God, I need to come in alignment with what God says He'll do. And if He says, I can say to that mountain, mountain move, that mountain has to obey me. Not because of me, but because of who I represent and who I'm tied up with. And my faith is activated by me declaring it in agreement with his word. Mm -mm. God is so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want you to know that is a lot of wisdom. 
if something bad is happening to you or your family member or whatever, moan and groan for five minutes and then shut it off. Don't allow it to grow. Did you hear me? Don't allow doubt, confusion, and fear to grow because it will grow if you give it room. We have to believe that God's going to bless this church. I expected 30 people here tonight, but it didn't happen yet. Maybe I wouldn't count in the back. You, you got to visualize. You got to speak it. You got to act it. I knew I was going to have them come out here. Okay, that's what we're going for right now. Okay, I want to read the 24th verse. This needs to be a verse that you underline, you have it on your refrigerator, you have it in the bathroom, you have it all over the house. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and you'll have them. Ooh, that's powerful. I got another version for you. Okay. I like that. I like that. Whenever you stand up praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, what's Jesus doing here? It's in red. He's saying, this is what happened. If you believe, if you speak, this is what's going to take place. But at the same time, he's putting something else on it. And he says, you have to forgive those that has done things to you. I told you the story of several weeks ago about some pastors in this area had done some things to me. And I got ornery, and I guess I, I think I told you that. Whenever I would see them, I would run up to them, shake their hands. Oh, so glad to see you. But down deep, I hated their guts for what they did to me. Because they were mean. And I was young. Tender. Nice. Quiet. Good looking. Smart. See how this works around here? How this gets going? And... What God taught me in that was, was you, Bill Collins, is required to be a higher level than they're walking in. I said, okay, God, what's that higher level? You've got to forgive them for them being jerks. And to this day, I really believe God called them jerks. Now, they were all pastors in churches around here, and I knew them for, I'd known them for years, but they had done some bad things. My first choice was to ignore them, my second church cho- church choice was to go to a different denomination. My third choice was, God, what do you want me to do? To say to that mountain or to speak those things in faith that I cannot have anything that would hold me back and the anger of these pastors had to stop and it had to go away. Are you listening to me? They had to go away. Now, to make the story short, it was for the sectional youth pastor over nine churches. I was 23. The girl that got the position was 17. 
18, something like that. And so they voted her in. Now, there's a little bit more to the story than that, but that's okay. So what I had to do, I had to say, God, I'm releasing this to you. You take over this, and I forgive these dummies. So what happened? A few weeks down the road, the statewide youth pastor called me up, and he said, Bill, I need to talk with you. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to be down in Podo. Can you meet me at certain, certain restaurant on this evening? I said, yes, I will. So I came into the restaurant, and he says, I want to apologize for the way that was handled at that meeting a few months ago. But I want you to know, I want you to take the position because I'm removing her from her position because she just left the state with a pastor that was three times older than her. Now, what do I do at that time? I could see myself in that position. I spoke about the position. And I did everything to act. I let them do all the bad things they did to me in front of a bunch of churches. And now I'm going to have to stand in front of these churches in a different position. What would you have done? Shoot them? You can't shoot them. It's hard though, isn't it? It's very hard. Absolutely. And I, I, I look back at this now and I think how cool it was, not that I was a spiritual high-rise anybody, not that I had all this knowledge, but I did have enough information through the Holy Spirit when he says to me, and this means a lot, I've got this. I could, I could hear those words coming out of his mouth. Bill, I got this. Now I've had other situations similar to this. But every time I look back at this, is God, you do got this. I took the position. I was there two and a half, three, four years. I don't know what I was. Every, church, every month I went to a different church and preached and did all this other kind of stuff. But God was in control if I allowed him to be in control. That's what faith is all about. Allowing God to take your faith and be in control. You step back. God, you have to do this. Have you ever dealt with difficult people at work? Absolutely. Have you dealt with difficult people at church, Pastor? Uh huh. All the time. Good thing he didn't put Bill in under that, huh? But you have to get to the place that you like lay down self, quit feeling sorry for self, and allow your faith to rise up to the level that God's called you to live in. And when you do, you move from faith to faith to faith. Each one of these stories that we could read, if you back up in the book, you'll find, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Because somebody let their faith go forth. Now, let me tell you something. When you allow your faith to go forth, you will bring other people with you. 
Is that right, Pastor? Like that, yeah. Her son's laying dead there on the bed, and they're asking her if everything's okay. She didn't say, No, it's not okay. She said, It will be okay. Absolutely. And so she went forth and we have the prophet Elijah straight out over him. Elijah or Elijah? One of them. One of the Eli's. And prayed, and he was healed. Yeah. If you look in the scriptures, there was time that Jesus had all his disciples with him, but there were other times where he went in with only a select few. The way that I explain that for myself is this, is the select few had a higher level of faith than the other ones. Not because they're negative, not because of anything, they just didn't have the level of faith that needed to. You have to circle yourself with people of like-minded faith. Those that says, you can do this. You can walk out of this hospital. You don't have to stay in this hospital. God's greater than this hospital. He's greater than a porch. He's greater than Van Buren, Arkansas. He's a greater God. So God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That means in those times, you have to allow faith to rise up even when you can't see anything and it seems all cloudy and you say, how can this happen to me? I've been good all day. I didn't believe you did. So, faith always speaks the answer. Had someone called me, pastor, the other day that used to go here. And if I could remember the name, I would give you their name. And this is what was said. Well, Bill, do you think that church will ever be anything again? I said, nope, I don't think it will. He said, then why are you going there? but I think it's going to be better than it ever was before. The phone got silent. The person on the phone says, do you really believe that? I said, I'm there because I believe it. I'm in agreement. And guess what? I know at least 10 or 15 people that's in agreement. When we come in agreement on the things of faith, guess what happens? Tides change, things change, things happen. That's right. We're not backing down. We're not throwing a towel in. We're saying, God, this is yours and just show us what to do. How am I going to allow my faith to activate? How? How do you allow your faith to go forward with power? Trust. Trust. That's a big word. Trust God's word. How do you allow your faith to go forward? You can't use her answer. Yeah. Believe in what God's word said, okay? How do you allow your faith to go forward? Jesus said, I believe it. How do you allow your faith to go forward? Believe and act. Ooh, I like that. I, 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 I just got this revelation, Pastor. I think we need to start acting like a church of 400. We can see it. 
some people's already got visions of it. Now we're speaking it. Now the next step is God, we're going to start activating our faith level to move to a level of 400 people. Power, faith speaks the answer. Faith speaks only God's word. Faith speaks what we believe. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore spoke. What are we speaking? Growth. Why do we want growth in this church? I know. I know the answer. So the pastor can make more money. Isn't that cool? <laughs> you know, split it with me, brother, because I just, you know, push this out there. Why do we want the church to grow? Because we're building the kingdom. Is that true? Is that true? Oh, you got agreement with about three or four people here. That's pretty good. So if God wants us to build a kingdom, then we need to grow. Remember, believing always comes before seeing. I don't know who said that, but I just wrote it. Believing always becomes before seeing. So what are you believing for? Faith acts. Hearing by the word of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. James 2.17 says, Even so faith, it had not works, is dead. Being alone. In other words, our faith will actually produce works. Our question at hand is, what are the works we need to be doing? Wait a minute, say it again. I did this with this individual. I says, why don't you come back to church and see? You want me to come to Cliff Terrace? Yes. And he says, really? Yes. If you come, you let me know what day, I'll have some money, I'll take you out to lunch. You mean if I come to church, I'll take, you'll take me out to lunch? I, I said, I might have to get a loan from the pastor. But yeah, you come on. Now, now listen, I was joking with him, but, but I was really serious because I'm interested in the kingdom growing. I've been out there. I know what it's like out there. What do we want? What's our desire? People has to see our faith. You can't come in and act like you're beat up every Sunday. Be about the kingdom business. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the love. Oh, I love that word love, don't you? How do we do it? How do we love? How do we love as a church? We believe they're everything God says they are the same as we believe that God says we are. Okay. I like that. I believe we have to see people the way God sees our boys and girls. Say it again. Ooh, I like that, don't you? That's pretty wise. Mm -hmm. Faith can be seen through actions. Actions. What's our actions? 
What is our actions as a church? Well, we have food program. How many, did you, how many cars last time? Wow. And uh, we did that I know of another church that has a food program too, and they're lucky they have five cars. And they've been doing it for four years. So I asked them, do you have a certain day you give it? No, we just do it whenever we feel like it. Well, that ain't going to work. What do you mean that's not going to work? People have got to know. They can come and get the food. You got people that it's almost a life or death thing. So they need to know. Well, I'm going back and tell my pastor what you said. I said, then go back and tell your pastor what you said. If you want to, I'll go over and tell your pastor what I said. See, we've came a long way. Faith is always now. Hebrew 11 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. I believe that we, through faith, can see 400 people in this church. Did you hear me? I believe that we can see, through faith, 400 people in this church. Now, you, un- you, you believe that too? Yes, you can. That's good. That is good. That is good. So with our faith combined, there was times in the scriptures, I got verses, that Jesus just took certain ones in with him when he prayed for people. And there's times he had everybody with him. But there was times that he went alone. Now let me tell you something about faith. Many times it's you and God got your own thing going. Kelly's shaking her head. Does that mean you're asleep or you, that? Why? Ooh, I like that. Pastor, I have a problem with you. I just thought I'd bring it out right here before I lose time. On Sunday mornings, at the end of service, or at the beginning of service, you ask if anybody needs prayer. Have anybody heard him do that? Has anybody heard the pastor do that? Agree with me, because he's going to get me if we don't. Okay? Okay. He does that, right? Right? Now, I've been watching this pastor for the last few Sundays. And you'll say, raise your hand. And then you say... Come along and pray. Touch them. Pray for them. Right? Have you heard it? You've got to help me once in a while. This is part of faith working. Say, yes, I've seen this happen. Okay. He does that, right? Okay, thank you. These other people, I don't know where they've been. And so people get up and they move around to people who's got their hands up. Here's my problem, Pastor. I just want to tell you this. It's been on my chest heavy. Deep thought about this. I think that the miracles and the signs and wonders that we see happen in the church 
they came forth. The lady with the issue of blood. All she said, she said, by faith, if I can but touch his garment, I'll be healed. I think some of the people that have prayer needs, sickness, they need to come forth and touch your garment. I think they have to do something on their own deal other than just raise a hand. I think the raising hand is a coward way out. That's just me now. He can talk to me later, but he won't do it until after I finish this little electrical job I got going. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's good. Now, is the, pa- is the pastor bad for doing that? No. Am I just joking around? I am, but I ain't. At the same time, I think people need to stand up and be a man and woman of God so that their faith can be exercised. And we as leaders of the church has to make provisions for them to use their faith. Now, I know raising a hand, you say using the faith, but I don't believe that. I think it's more. If they're sick and they go to the doctor, they'll sit in a waiting room an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it takes to get to see that doctor. And the doctor say, you're sick. Or the standard answer, you got that 19 stuff. We need to encourage the body to come up here so the rest of the body can lay hands on the body. Since I'm here already, I'm going to give you one more thing about this. I hate everybody laying hands on me. Do you know why Bill Collins hates that? Oh, thank you for asking. The reason I hate it, I could say I don't know where their hands have been, but we could take that either way, you know. But in the spiritual side, I don't know where they've been. There was a reason why Jesus went to different occasions to pray for different people that he limited who could come in and lay hands on. And I think that's true today. Do I restrict or do I judge anybody? No, I can't say, well, you, I had a bad feeling about you and you laid your hands on my shoulder. My shoulder almost rotted off, but, you know. Literally, when we activate our faith, we begin to speak our faith, we also have a requirement on who touches us. Or you touch somebody because it shows you're in agreement with them. Absolutely. As long as you're struggling to receive and always looking to see the answer in the natural, it won't work. Faith says, it's mine, I have it now. This is our church, we have it now. I'm in agreement with the ones that are in agreement that this is a church of 400 people. And that this church is built to mentor, to help, to encourage, to raise up, to heal, deliver people of the community. Yes. 
375. So, I believe that our faith on each part that we individually play needs to come in agreement that God is going to do this with our help. Our help may be just inviting people. My help may be telling these people, I don't care what you did before. I don't care if you had bad experience. Have you ate at a restaurant you got bad food? Yeah. Do you eat there again? Yeah. Well, you need to come back because we got good food here. Oh, you guys are feeding lunch all the time? You come, we'll buy you lunch. We, the church, has to combine our faith level to move some mountains. Someone could say amen right now. That was really, that's really pretty good. Man, I got to hurry up, Pastor. I'm going to be in trouble like this guy gets in trouble. The Bible is a faith manual, a manual that has substance, and speaking the word is a method of causing the unseen to materialize. Take me a while to come up with that. To see the unseen materialize. We want to see bodies, live bodies, in this building that we can minister to every service. And I'd like to see it to the point that the pastor has to preach twice on Sunday. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? What do we want? The Bible says ask. You haven't asked, you ain't going to get. What are we looking for? What are we asking for? I'm asking for the capability of this man to preach twice on Sunday. And to do that, the chairs have to be full. Not once, but twice, okay? What are you asking for? What do you want God to do in this church? Say it louder. Grow. What else you want? Multiply. What do you want to see happen? I can't hear you. Multiply. Multiply Multiply what? More people? Okay. Kelly, what do you want to see happen in this church? Ooh, I like that. She wants to help other small churches. You will be amazed the knowledge and experience you guys have gained by just enduring what you've endured. You're very wise in the things that you learn, the patience you develop, the anger that you've had, the anger that's gone, the disgust that came, the lack of that happened, and all those things are growth steps that other churches need to know. What would you like to see happen, Pastor? Okay, everybody listen. Silent. You want to see lives change. I agree with that. Do you agree with that? In what way?
but if we get bodies, there's more opportunities for life change to happen. One for my side. Ooh, that's good. Absolutely. 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 I'm in agreement. Hebrews 11, 13, 11, 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Genesis 1, 1, Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning God created the heavens and earth was without form and void. God said, let there be light and there was light. What are we saying? We're saying the same thing God was saying. Let there be light in these people's lives. Let there be light in their finances. Let there be light in health. Let there be light. Church, we're in a timeline that there is a lot of fear. And we, the church, has to attack that fear so that when people come together, they're not fearful that you've got some type of disease that you'll give to them if you lay hands on them and pray for them. If you don't have the raw material of which to make your product you desire, then the product never materializes. You must have substance. What is our substance here? What material do we have here? The presence of the Lord, absolutely. What else do we have? Say it loud. Love. What else do we have? Is love important? I heard a rumor today about the church. You want me to hear it? I ain't going to tell you what it's good or bad. I just heard a rumor. Do you want to hear it? You say, yes, I want to hear it, or I don't want to hear it. You want to hear it? Some man showed up at the church, got working, and got all the grass mowed, the weeds cut, and everything. Got everything done. There was more than one guy working. And I thought that was awesome. And the pastor didn't tell him to do it, did you? No, okay. Just don't say nothing when those questions come up and you're not sure. But I heard that. You know what that is? That's growth. That's people coming alongside the pastor and saying, we're here to help and this is what we can do. What? You're fired, buddy. I don't want you to do it. You know, I stopped by a church. This is, I don't lie at all today. I stop by a church, and, and every time I see I go by, I see the pastor up on a lawnmower or pushing a lawnmower mowing. And it's the church called Courage to Change. He deals with a lot of druggies and all of this kind of stuff. Oh, they just bought that church out there. It was $346,000, and he, only, he, he just bought it. And uh, it, uh, he says he only owes 200000 on it. So I stopped by. I had a piano. And my wife wanted to learn to play 12 years ago. Yeah, you know the story. She didn't. It had to come out of my man cave. It had to go. I went to five churches on Saturday to give a piano away. Five churches. I went to two Spanish churches. And you know what they said? No hable espanol. I said, no hable espanol. I said, you want this piano? It works. It's a console, it's 88 keys. Is that how many keys there is on it? Something like that, yeah. And I said, you want it? 
And about the third time they went this, I just left them. So I went to another Spanish church. I said, I have this piano. Do you want it? How can you be in America, in Arkansas, and not understand English? So I think they were scamming me. The bigger problem is, how do you not understand free? That's true. <laughs> so I stopped by the Courage to Change on the way home. And the pastor's out there mowing lawns. This is what I told the pastor. I said, you have to stop doing this. He said, I love to mow the lawns. I said, you have to train people in your church to do it. He used to sit under uh, Don for a long time. And he said, but I like doing it. I said, I don't care. It don't look good for the church or the body. He says, my sweat don't look good? I said, no, it don't look good. He says, you're serious? I said, yeah, I'm serious. I said, now do you want this piano? Oh, yeah, I want this piano. So we unloaded it. You know what we did? Underneath the carport there by the front door of that church, we prayed together for about 20 minutes. He prayed for another pastor friend of mine. He prayed for somebody else. We prayed, and then I prayed for him. I said, you got bigger fish to fry. He said, you want me to stop gardening? Yeah, I want you to stop gardening. You got to prepare a sermon. You got things to do. Pastoring a church with a bunch of druggies is a very tough walk. I can't do it. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And he says, well, none of my people told me this, Bill. I said, because you're waiting for the prophet to come along. That's me to tell you to stop it. It bugged me. I didn't see no faith in his part. So I had to speak. And what I speak is I expect the actions. I expect him to have somebody else get out there and mow that lawn. He said, well, that's kind of rude. It's 805. Okay. Faith brings results. I want to give you three steps real quick. Step one, you got to have God's word. To increase your faith, you must activate it on God's word. Say it with me, God's word. word. Number two, you must understand that circumstances are just circumstances. It's not as big as the word is. So when I commit circumstances... To the word of God, the word of God will always conquer the circumstances. Did you hear me? Physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, whatever it may be, if I apply the God's word to that, that thing, that circumstance, then that circumstance has to change. So, we the church are declaring the circumstances of the number of people in this church to change. And we're going to tell people even people who used to come here, that the glory of God resides here. Pastor, you'll be happy that I said this. I, I said he preaches better than he did when you was here. I don't know when he was here. That was several years ago. So I think he's improved. Real faith is based upon the word of God. God says it, then it's time for it to take place. 
Believing God is believing his word. In Galatians 3, it talks about the faith of Abraham. God told him what? What did God tell Abraham? He told him so many. He said, you're going to be the father of many nations. I'm prophesying to you, Pastor. You're going to be the father of many nations. And the nations are going to start right here. The load may seem heavy, but you have to align your people with like faith, just like Jesus did when he went into the room to pray for somebody. The select few went in. Did I have anything else to say? Oh, number three. Don't consider the circumstances. Go back to my notes. I got notes. Save and use your praise daily. Daily. I told you a few weeks ago that I like going early in the morning on my back porch and sit out there and look at the deer that don't show up all the time. And it's a time of praise. Now, something new has happened. You know, we've got a standard poodle and we've got a golden doodle. And the golden doodle probably weighs 80 pounds. He's eight months old. If you want one, we got one. He eats a lot. But the vet keeps saying they're, they're a great dog. I'll go out there and I'll begin to pray in tongues. And the golden doodle goes through the doggy door. And the other dog, you have to open the door for him because he's too sophisticated to go through the doggy door. They'll come out there. And when I'm out there sitting on that porch... One dog will lay right down here, and I lay right here. And I, I'm convinced that those dogs are filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because when I'm out there and I'm praying in tongues, those dogs aren't running around the yard. They're not fighting. They're not growling. They just lay there. And they'll stay right there beside me until I move the chair to get up. Now, what is that? It's nothing that I got, but it's something that the Spirit of God brings down. So if the Spirit of God can get this golden doodle in control before I kill him, then miracles still. Oh, did I tell you that miracles begat miracles? Faith works off of faith. And your faith will always be increased as long as you're allowing your faith to grow. Don't let doubt, don't let confusion, don't let what other people are saying. If people have got your ear and they're not speaking faith, quit listening to them. That's family members too. If people come to you and say, that's easy for you to say. It's hard for me to say because I'm coming in agreement with what God says, not what the circumstances say, not what the situation says, not what other people are saying, not even what the church. The church across the world is hurting right now. They are hurting. Pastors are not standing up, declaring the authority of God. They're allowing this 19 thing to dominate them. And they're rolling over playing dead. Church, we have to rise above that. We've got to move from a place that we're not fearful of the COVID-19. What's the other one comes out now? There's another one. What is it? The Delta deal. We used to say the Delta was a place we'd catch catfish in California. It was on the Delta. But we are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. And if we'll get our faith 
beginning to see this place full. Now, is there going to be requirements? Absolutely. We may have to make 14 pots of coffee. Absolutely. We may have to assign some two people would. But our faith speaks, and we've got to speak the same thing. We've got to come in agreement. How did the baptism of the Holy Spirit happen in the upper room? They were in agreement. They were all saying the same thing. One accord, one agreement. This is what we're saying. God, 400 people is what we're saying. We're in agreement. We're asking you. We're saying to that mountain that's hit this church, move. Let the glory of God, if we allow the glory of God to shine in this place, we can't build the building big enough. Because people are looking for the glory of God. What's the difference? Mental sense is you've heard it, you heard it, you heard it. But you haven't invested the faith that goes with it. God doesn't want you stupid. He don't want you dumb. He don't want you to be dumb with the word. He don't want you to be done with the things that he tells you to do. But he wants you to be smart. How am I smart? I come in agreement with what the word says, not what the brain says. When you move in that realm, expect doors to be open. Now hear me. When Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side, what happened when they got in the boat? What happened to the disciples? Come on, you learned this in school, Sunday school. What happened to the disciples when they got in the boat to go to the other side? Now remember, Jesus just fed 1,000, 5,000 men and a bunch of women and a bunch of children. And he told the disciples, go to the other side. I'm going to send everybody home. What happened to the disciples? No. There's a boat involved. There's an ocean. There's waves. There's a storm that arose. Huh? Peter was fearful. said, Master, if that's you, tell me to come. You come. We know that. But understand, as you begin to exercise your level of faith, there will be opposition come against you. When they say you're going to be in this bed for 100 years, opposition came against you to try to keep you in that bed. But you said, "Uh uh-uh, by his stripes I'm healed. I'm getting up out of this bed. I got things to do for the kingdom of God. I'm not going to lay here. There you go. Powerful. It's a powerful thing right there. That's powerful. God has a plan for us, church. We're going to enjoy it. Is it going to be tough? Yeah. Is it going to be some issues arise? Yeah. Have we got, you know, when more people come to church, you got more personalities? I'll have to, we get like 300 people. I'm going to act different. Probably not, but I'd say it. But if I don't see it, 
if I'm not going to speak it, if I'm not going to act on it, then guess what? It's not going to happen. We just sell the church and had a flea market here. But I believe God has assembled us together with kindred spirits for a time like this. Absolutely. 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 Could you stand?